This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hello and welcome to Hour 2. We're already in it. Hour 2, we are inside of you. Not to be too graphic, but that's what we're dealing with. Coming up this hour, Luke Elvey, golf analyst, friend of the show, just all-around good guy. Talk some golf with him between the uh, the RBC Canadian Open, the Live. This, I mean, it's just a bunch of renegades. <laughs> Out there. Gallivanting. Yeah, smashing windows and stealing things. Ragamuffins. Watch, watch your wallet. Or yeah. Char- Charles Schwartz will have it. <laughs> Old Phil looks like someone who would steal from you. Hey, wait a minute. Have you seen my phone? Lee Westwood? <laughs> you son of a gun. Where's my phone? Now, wait a minute. I just went to the bathroom. Who's been eating my French fries? Kevin No. Kevin No. Come on, Kevin. What are you doing? Kevin! Fry stealer? So, yeah, we'll talk to Luke about that. Can't wait. Can hardly wait. And another chance for you to win with our Father's Day uh, contest every hour on the hour. Well, not on the hour. Every hour. With uh, Wild Rose Brewery. <laughs> now. FM. Every hour or on the hour? Every hour, uh, six in a row. Mandatory Metallica. (laughs) So, (laughs) we were talking the other day, Yeah, uh, and we really got into it. It was a very well-researched and thought-out conversation (laughs) about me eluding hippos on the turf at McMahon Stadium and whether or not that could come to pass. And then, as conversations tend to do in talk radio, it kind of meandered around it got us talking about the world's fastest cow mm-hmm. and you racing the world's fastest cow i and said I, I would never i've got some uh some connections we can get you out there yeah last sure. night first home game of the season was was there a cow race last night there was a cow race when do they is it after the first quarter yes okay now the cow was untouchable right for a when long it, time and it's it's been years how long has the cow world's fastest cow been as long as I've been covering the team, and this is my fourth season, fifth year, so... Now, to, to the parents out there, I don't know if you want to do earmuffs on your kids, but if so, do you may want to do it right now. Is it going to be vulgar, or is this going to be like a... The cow is actually a person in a cow costume. It's not a real cow. Wow. Well, he's up on two, right? The cow would be up on its hind hooves. Yeah. And also, have you ever seen a cow run? And I would think that udder would be really detrimental to getting any kind of land speed. You know what I mean? Things flapping around. Yeah, you're kicking it as you're trying to get that long stride going. Can't do it. Get, get pinched in between your legs. Your, no good. Ow. So anyway, again. He wears a cape. Spoiler alert. It's a human in a cow costume. So what it is, is after the first quarter, I don't know how they select people, but they'll get... Just ordinary, uh, ordinary Joes, just yeah. uh, like hey, all of us. You're wearing runners and and look like a guy yeah. that, that's moderately in shape. And you start where? Are you still going the full length? Or did they trim it a bit? No, they go the full length. The cow zips the full one ten, and it varies as far as what 
type of yards he gives up yeah. to the you competitor. Get some, you get some strokes. 10 to 20 yeah. yards is usually what he gives. Right. And at the beginning, when the when the cow first started racing people, uh-huh. couldn't beat him. No. Unbeatable. Could unflappable. Not, couldn't do it. He would... He would do the early celebration where he would pass you with 10 yards to go and then like backpedal and like do the like, come on, you're, yeah, you're yeah. slow, catch up. And then like backflip into the, I haven't seen that lately. Not mm. too many backflips into the old finish line. So is there cow controversy? Yes. Now you're our Stampeders insider. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I was hearing things coming from the stadium last night. I was not there, but I was getting some texts and that, and I felt reassured knowing that you were there and that uh-huh. of course you would be on this story can you can you bring us in the cow, the world's fastest cow controversy so apparently, apparently yesterday was not the world's fastest cow but an understudy of the world's fastest cow what <laughs> It was an understudy because the primary cow was at some form of international weightlifting event. Okay, just I need the, a minute. That from uh, Jordy McLeod, the senior director of uh, Game Don't name your sources. Well, it was on social media. Don't. Shh. Oh. Dude. So just trying to be your sources are telling My you. My sources are telling me. That as it's not... confirmed by. Yeah. That it's not the headliner, no, but an understudy. Yes, and he got smoked nine yard loss to oh, start the season. See, that's and it kind of takes away from the world's fastest cow thing being a thing. Doesn't the cow almost always have to win? Like you say, the little cocky backwards shuffle. Hey, come on, come on, little buddy, come on. That whole cocky nature that the cow has. Cocky cow. Yeah. Is he, what it is. He should only lose on military night when he lets the military guys win. Yeah. Sure, or whatever. I, some military people might take him head. So I. Oh, they I, usually do smoke him, but. I am stunned and appalled to hear that that we're doing this. Are there tryouts for this? Are they just, how are they? I don't know how he was qualified. How are you testing? There has to be some sort of a road test. A word of mouth? Like it what? It seems like it might have been. Hey, if Cal 1.0 is ever away, I'd go in the suit, which I just don't like the thought of either. That fake, fake cow? I, I don't like it. No. I don't like to eat fake cow. In your craw? This plant-based stuff, I don't like it. Okay, fair smart, enough. Smart stuff. No, thank you. No. And I don't like an imitation world's fastest cow competitor. And then he got smoked. Yeah, he sure did. Fired. Yeah, I would. I'm going to put it out there right now. We're not rights holders, so I don't. I, we can be a little <laughs> bit brash and throw this out there. I think whoever was in that suit last night, you embarrassed the legacy of the world's fastest cow. You're done. Back to the gym. Done. So who beat who? Uh, who beat him? I don't know. Some Joe. Was it so? Like it wasn't like a celebrity, or okay. it was literally like Kyle from the crowd. So. Did did the, obviously the guy won? Did he deserve to win? Was this a fast human? Was it was it a yeah, quick like, pace? It, oh, it was a solid. He had a twenty yard lead, and he ended up winning by nine yards. 
So the cow did make up some ground, is what you're telling me. He made it up on the acceleration, but they both topped out at about the similar speed. Once they both got about, once the, the runner got to about midfield, you could tell this, nope. Unless he blows a hammy here, this thing's done. You need that stamina, right? You need endurance. Oh, without a doubt. 110 yards is a long way to run. That's the thing about that cow. Oh, he can, you know what? He'll get you so many ways. You want to sprint? Done. Let's do it. You want to go, you want to do some long distance? Let's set it up. Let's yeah. go. That's a 110-yard sprint. That would feel like forever. It's the reason I won't do it. I refuse. Can we call Huff? I don't, I, is Huff in meetings? Oh, Huff's in, in meetings. That's, we'll talk to him later. Anyway, um, I don't like it. It became a popular event. It was getting international renown. Not this way. No one's going to be talking about it this way. I hope that guy, whoever he is, and I'm assuming it's a guy in there, I hope you feel shame. I oh. hope you realize the shame and disgust that you've brought upon the franchise and, quite honestly, the city, the province, and our country. This fine country that we call home, just a little less proud today because of that utter disappointment last night oh, at McMahon Stadium. Really? Utter disappointment? What? We're not going there, Boomer. Get it out. Come on. It, people are texting Come on. it in. No, <laughs> I know they are. Oh, my God. Just because someone else does it doesn't mean it's okay. Look, if you're going to... Br if the number one guy can't be there, you need to put in a Push little it. bit... You need to put in a little bit more research and work and testing before you just hand the reins and the suit over to some utter study. I'll leave. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, apparently I'm wrong. It was only a 10-yard lead for the, for the runner. See, I don't even know if you're going to these games. You don't know if field goals are good or not. You're not paying attention to the cow. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are we sending you to these games? You know what? At this point, I'm like, oh, the cow. Come on, man. You know, read some stats instead. Jeez. I thought we had our best guy. Oh, no. That's where you are sorely mistaken. <sighs> Tampa Bay Lightning beat the New York Rangers last night 3-1 to one with an empty netter. Uh, where's my... What can I tell you? Vasilevsky, another win. What did we say this morning? His 60th playoff win. He makes 24 stops. In the other net, Igor Shesterkin made 24. Two on 26. The... The first two goals of the game both came in about a seven-minute span in the second. Kind of a weird one from Ryan Lindgren coming in off the left side. It beats Vasilevsky kind of high over the shoulder. Sergachev, seeing eye shot, get, gets its way through. And then to the third, a minute 50 left. And the Sergachev shot from the point goes off the leg of Andre Palat and in. Brandon Hagel with the empty netter 3-1. to one. Really buried that empty netter. Yeah, sure did. I saw this this morning, and it's, it's one of those things you, forget, you lose kind of... Mm -hmm. You lose perspective because it goes so long. And when you're watching round one, you're, this is so great. And you think in your head, that's, and very soon, what we're watching right now is going to feel like mm -hmm. ancient history. And it really does. If you think back to Jake Ottinger... Well, that was like two months ago. Right, or who else played in the Minnesota Wild? 
right? You just, it's so long ago. As Tampa Bay now is one win away from its third trip to the final in a row. Remember round one. Toronto is who they played in round number one. The Leafs had a 3-2 series lead. Game six had a 3-2 lead in the third. Kucherov scored a power play goal to tie it at three. They go to overtime. Braden Point gets the OT winner with a minute 56 left in that first overtime frame. Ties the series. They win in seven. They were that close. Yeah. Right? Straight up. To being done in six Mm -hmm. in round one. And we would be talking about how it's over. It's been a great run for this Tampa team. But every, every story has its end. Kucherov, point, game seven, sweep, three straight wins after two losses here, one win away. We, we really do get definitive and sure, like really sure about things when they really are just like razor thin, the separation sometimes. It was going back to the, the regular season and Tampa with some of their stumbles at the end of the year. You know, they they start to slide. You look at it and you say, man, they might end up a three seed. Like, are they going to slip into a wild card spot Mm -hmm. in the East? Could this be it? Are these guys finally running out of gas? And then even in the Toronto series, like Toronto gets up. They take a 1-0 lead. They take a 2-1 lead. They take a 3-2 lead. And Tampa says, no, we're more resilient. And then the performance against Florida. What can you say about it? At that point, I think that's when everyone woke up and said, yeah, might want to throw a little bit of money down on these guys uh, while the odds are still in mm-hmm. your favor. Yeah. You, at, unless you're a, just a stone-cold hater, you, you have to respect it. It's all of the... You hear, what's your identity, and can you get some chemistry, and how do you... What's the, who's the leader in the room and the coach? All that, all that goofy stuff, they've got it all. Tick all the boxes... And, and you've got one of the best goalies in the world. That helps, too. And one of the best defensemen, one of the best shooters. Two, three, maybe, of the best shooters in, in the world. So there, there is that as well. But I just remember going back to the, to the regular season when it looked like, is, is Breezepaw going to do this again? He's going to give up more draft picks to reload to bring... Boy, it's a big price for Brandon Hagel. Nick Paul, they're going to give away... Hmm. You won back-to-back cups. Like, when's enough enough? And then you sit here now. It's like, yeah, okay, I can see why, because this is right. something pretty special if you yeah. can pull this off. Like you mentioned, they've got every single pillar that you need to have a championship team. Deep down the middle, you know, they have the luxury of moving Steven Stamkos off to the wing with Point and Sorelli being the other two centers, if they want to go that route. they got some of the most elite depth guys when you think of an Andre Pilat who playing on the top line right now, but sometimes as a middle six guy, especially when Braden Point is healthy. The blue line, big, got some toughness, got some speed, got some skill. And then, like you mentioned, you got Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, in case that breaks down, you've then got one of the best in the world in between the pipes. Now, Rangers, they got to go down to Amelie Arena, got to go to Tampa, got to force a game seven. But it feels... This is another one of those things, razor thin. It feels like a really tall task against this team. Now, they beat them twice at home. We weren't saying then that Tampa Bay looked unbeatable. That said, 
The other thing is New York hasn't had much success on the road. Like, everyone was talking about Carolina. They can only win at home. They never went on the road. New York's only got, like, one or two road wins. The Rangers, because I had it here. In, in uh, the Pittsburgh series, they went one and two. One and three on the road, because remember, that was a full-on homer series against the Canes. And they're 0-2 so far against Tampa Bay. So 2-7 and seven in nine road games this year. And last night, just their second home loss, the first in regulation, in 10. So it's been a complete flippy-floppy for the Rangers. Well, they lost the first one at home in overtime to the Penguins way back in round one, those two or three months ago when it was. And now we're here. Mm-hmm. And Tough it, slide. And what does Tampa Bay do at home? Uh, win. Win. Six and one. Full stop. That's it. That's all they ever do. Yeah. Oh, how are you with the uh, last change? Is that going to make it? I mean, somewhere John Cooper's got a, I don't know if he's a cocky guy or whatever, but he's got to appreciate this guy's side. Thanks for these questions, but you see what's in that room, right? You see what we're capable of doing? Last change or not, I, we're, we're going to go out and play the same way. There you go. I feel it's tough tonight. Like, it's a tough night, there's no doubt. But tomorrow we'll get on the airplane and we'll be ready to go play a game in Tampa Bay. And it, it'll be a battle. I mean, they're a good hockey team. They, that's why they're Stanley Cup champs. And Text coming in. Can point play in the final? There was... Cooper was asked about it because... What was it? He had skated this Braden point. It skated six of the previous seven days. He had taken a day to kind of let the body get back. I... Until you really, really need him leading up to the final, I don't think you see him. What a luxury you have now. You've got a series lead. You don't need him in in a day's time. But it seems to be kind of trending in that direction. The guy, I mean, the guy's got guts. I have no doubt he can play hurt. I've If they get to the final, I just feel like, yeah, he's going to find a way to get in there. I don't know what percent he's going to be, but he's going to get in there. Well, it was even before game five, John Cooper said, doubtful for five but if this series ends up going seven they were optimistic i think was the term that he used mm-hmm. that Braden point would be able to play so that tells you that if you guys are off to stanley cup final probably getting a few more days in you might have Braden point available and you hey i think that would be quite the stanley cup final that we would be treated to two of the best teams in the league for sure mm-hmm. Braden point being a part of it would be that much better. But granted, I guess Colorado is probably going to be without Nazem Kadri as well. So, But both Kadri, now Nazem Kadri and Andrew Cogliano both had hand surgeries. Thumb, one guy's got a thumb, one guy's got a finger. There's some there's some breakage in the, uh, in the handle region. Both are training and both look to be an option. Because we're still feel what are we still a week away from getting to the Stanley Cup final? There's it sounds like there's a better than 50-50 chance that both guys will be able to play. So that's good news for the Avs. Obviously, Kadri, the more important of the two. Apologies to uh, Mr. Cogliano. Well, I would agree, but at the same time, that fourth line scored some big goals for the Avalanche throughout the course of the playoffs. Do you think of the one that Darren Helm scored in the, the dying seconds against Edmonton? That that was a fourth line tally. You know, you, you need those guys further down the lineup. You do, but I'll like, again. But you could also throw in, a, and also when you look at Colorado scratches, you say these guys could certainly be playing. 
So good news there, hockey. The uh, coaching jobs, man. If Torts, we talked about it yesterday. Please. The second second interview for Tortorella in Philly. Did you hear hmm? what's coming out of Boston now? Apparently, not only are they uh, adept at firing out f bombs in Boston, <laughs> but uh, but also uh, classy. Good job, Boston. Apparently, uh huh. Bruce Cassidy was told at his exit meeting with Cam Neely. And the general manager, old Donnie Sweeney there. You're good. You got one year left in your contract. You're good. Go put, have yourself a summer. Put your feet up. Yep. You're good. We're going to do some uh, shuffling here. We don't know if uh, if Patrick Bergeron is coming back. We got some other things we got to look at here. But we'll uh, we'll let you know. We'll, you know what? We'll see at the draft, probably. Oh, that makes sense. It's in Montreal. We'll get all liquored up. We got a first round pick, yeah. maybe. No, no, we traded it for Hampus Lindholm. No, it's gone. But, but we'll be there. We'll be there. We got other picks to make. Come on down. Be hung over on day two, oh. just kind of wandering around. You're the coach. You don't need to do anything. Just put the lanyard on, get past security there, who are very strict for some reason, and uh, just kind of mix and mingle. Yeah, throw a couple of hats on a few teenagers, and a week later, see ya. Gunned. A little sour, apparently, is old Bruce Cassidy. So, so what happened is, uh, is the availability of a certain coach making them rethink things further conversation with players. There is some, there is some thought that maybe players were done with Mr. Cassidy. Don't need to uh, play for this guy anymore. Kind of tired rookies, young guys, guys, hard to play for veterans. Guy's a lot. Guy's hard to play for. So I don't know. It, we'll, we'll be able to absolutely have no info or data, but have more opinion on it when we see who they hire. Yep. Is the availability of Barry Trotz. But the thing is, Trotz was available 10 days ago when they told him he was good. So is, it, is that just lip service? Is that just what you tell? You don't want a confrontation in the office? You don't want him smashing stuff, going all Jerry Maguire, stealing your fish and screaming at people? I don't know. I wonder which came first, his exit meetings or the players? Real classy. Good job, Boston. Good job, Boston. That'd be be Cam. Boston, Dallas, Detroit, Philly, Vegas, Winnipeg, all confirmed spots with a head coaching vacancy. Question marks with Chicago and Florida. That's eight, man. Eight potential six sure teams with new coaches going into next season. And some big options out there. Like, obviously, we've talked about trots. You know, there's been chatter about Pete DeBoer being linked to Dallas lately, which, you know, I I could see a fit there. Trots, torts, DeBoer. Carlisle's name's popped up a little bit every once in a while. Could you imagine? Please, please, no chance. No, I mean, Alain Vigneault, Claude Julien, but yes, there are some, Yeah, there are a lot of guys with miles on their resume mm-hmm. of NHL head coaching experience. Kirk Muller's name has been in the cycle a little bit this I year. I know, yeah. Everybody loves Kirk. Good guy. It's not the like. Everybody loves Kirk. Uh, text coming in, the DeBrusque trade request makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, we, we were led to believe that was the case at the time, is that the coach, not fond of the player. The player, certainly not fond of the coach. Is the, is the player a bad player? Mm, no. 
guy can play. Yeah. But that was not a that was not a marriage that was going to was going to survive that. And you wonder beyond DeBrusque, maybe that's one of a handful that that were kind of made public that you heard about. Well, and there's been rumors that Patrice Bergeron said that he was definitely going to retire if Bruce Cassidy was back. You know, Cam Neely, the general manager, kind of threw cold water on that in his most recent avail. But where there's smoke, there is to a certain extent fire, I would argue. Um, so we'll see. I don't. When do these? I'm just. Uh, I'm ready to celebrate. Tortorella in Philadelphia would be such a gift from the hockey gods. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat. With any luck, that's uh, hours, hours away. So it'll great. be it'll be Randy Carlisle. So great. Randy Carlisle. Uh, Rick Tockett. Luke Alvey coming up. We're going to talk a little bit of golf. But you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. What's up? Every hour this uh, fine day on this radio station, we're giving you a chance to win with Wild Rose Brewery a... Dozen beer and a $50 gift card. Here's your question. It's in, we're celebrating Father's Day. Uh-huh. All right. I got the first one wrong, so I hope I get this one right. Yeah. Did you even have an app? You just kind of... No, I had no idea. No idea. Not a clue. All right. So in keeping with the Father's Day theme, fam- uh-huh. famous dads. Cool. This dad loved to celebrate Festivus. Oh, easy. This dad, big fan of Festivus. Had the pole and everything. Who was it? Text it in at 960-960. We'll give you time. If you're driving, you know, take do what you got to do. Pull over and get your... But we'll give you some time. We'll take all the correct answers. We'll pick one name from that group and make you a winner. Hour two of 10 giveaways today on the station, courtesy of Wild Rose Brewery. Luke Elvey next. Sportsnet 960, the fan. We are rolling through your Friday. It's hour two of the program. Boomer along with Maddie Rose in for Pinder this week. Cavalry FC got a big game coming tomorrow at Atco Field, taking on Halifax. We'll talk to Tommy Wielden Jr. in the next hour. We got the golf show. We got what you want to talk about. We're giving Wild Rose Brewery prize packs away all uh, all day, celebrating Father's Day. Our latest winner coming up. Tampa Bay Lightning win last night. They're now a win away from their third consecutive trip to the Stanley Cup Final. The Calgary Stampeders opened their season with a victory at McMahon last night. And uh, some, some heavy-duty controversy. Controversy. This is like, uh, this is like the NWO. Do you follow the, the rat? You know, were you in on that? This is, this is the new world order mm. of the golf world. You've got the PGA, the PGA Tour, the U.S., that whole thing, right? And then all of a sudden, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall show up and start tearing up the greens. Right, they're taking the fl- taking the flag stick out and smacking people with it. Yep, that's what we're dealing ropes. with. That's what we're dealing with right now. Pulling chairs from underneath the the ring. That's right. Tables. That's chairs. Against objects, the rules. Throwing salt in people's eyes. I guess we're allowing it. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. That's why you bring in your golf analyst and expert. He is Luke Elvey. <laughs> Very happy to have you on board with us, Luke. We need uh, we need some ex- explanations here because it does feel like a bit of a wrestling angle right now in the world of golf. That was quite the analogy, Boomer. I was enjoying that. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is, boys. Uh, look, it's a fascinating time for the sport. No one likes division or infighting and bitterness. 
Um, but uh, we've seen it a lot in life over the last 15 to 20 years, a lot of disruptors that have come in and completely changed industries and golf's about to, ex- well, golf's experiencing that right now. So for those that might be unfamiliar and uh, even if you are familiar, there's, there's a lot that's happened here in the last, even in the last 24, 48 hours. Tell us about the Live Invitational Series. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of a renegade golf series but it's got some big names and some deep pockets because of it. Uh, Deep pockets is an understatement. They have a river of funds that will never dry up. Just imagine $100 bills floating down the Bow Valley from Banff to Calgary, and the entire Bow Valley is full. The entire river is full of it. Mm. Um, Just so people understand, I'll try to, because it's a deep and complex situation, Uh, but the Saudis, uh, who are the largest oil producer in the world. They own Aramco, which is the second wealthiest company on earth uh, behind Apple, valued at over $2 trillion. Uh, they make $50 billion net profit annually, and they've decided to use sports to clean their public image. Obviously, they've got a shocking human rights record. There's the murder of Jamal Khashoggi that's uh, on their hands, and there's a stain from that perspective to the golf world, which has basically been a clean skin sport. It doesn't do scandals. Obviously, we had Tiger Woods go through his personal scandal, but the sport itself doesn't do too many scandals. But right now, it's in the midst of the biggest of its life because the Saudis are, well, he with the most money wins and we got the most money. So we'll, you know, we'll ride this out for as long as it takes to buy golf and make people think that we're a nice country. And that's effectively the conversation that everyone's having right now. It's just where you stand on the matter. Yeah. And it, does it come down really to anything but money, Luke? It's not, they're not getting pre- better treatment than what players on, in the PGA would be? Like, it's just... Even the PGA said that in their statement yesterday. Yeah. That's the case, right? We're really just talking about more money every week. Yeah, of course the PGA Tour is going to say that. Um, What people uh, don't understand is the complexity of the relationship between the players and the PGA Tour. Everyone thinks, oh, the PGA Tour is the greatest place in the world to play golf. It is. But not everyone gets treated like royalty there because they're on the PGA Tour. I'm not saying they get treated badly. Mm -hmm. They don't get treated like royalty. And there's a couple of gripes that players have. And that's why this division has started, because people aren't happily happy with the establishment. Some people are absolutely ecstatic, and why wouldn't they be? Making millions, travelling you know, around the nation, having the time of their life. But others, not so happy. So when Liv put its hand up and said, hey, we want to shake things up a bit. We want to, this is Greg Norman, uh, my countryman. Uh, we want to shake things up a bit, and we have an endless supply of money. We're not going to make you play as much as they do. So, you know, you're in the mid-40s and you've been playing for 20 years, travelling the world, or you've had to move overseas to the United States to live because you're European or South African or even Australian. Um, they don't like that. They want to have an eight-week career or eight, eight weeks a year they play, plus four majors. That's plenty for them. Plus they're making 10 times the money to do it. Um, you say to someone in the regular workplace, hey, I'm going to pay you 10 times more than what you're getting paid right right now but you only have to work three months of the year. Does that interest you? It's, of course it does. Yeah, of course I'm in. it does. It's an absolute no-brainer. I'm in. The, like, I'm in. I'm handing my resignation to the boss the moment they said that to me. It's just that you have to put on the table 
obviously everything that's going on with Saudi Arabia as a nation. But if big governments or governments, big corp, are happy to be in bed with Saudi Arabia and their oil money, well, why are male golfers being held to a high level of moral and standards than anyone else on earth? I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it is a moral conundrum of the highest level because, and just, and I, I think my numbers are, and I'm just taking them off of, uh, off of people who know more, obviously, just in terms of the difference in dollar figures, the Canadian Open is being held in Etobicoke this week. The purse, the total purse there is $8.7 million to, uh, to be spread among the winners. So 8.7 versus $25 million, $4 million to the winner of this mm-hmm. this the, the one of eight tournaments on on the live yep. tour so it's that and are, are we to believe what we're led to believe to be true like a signing bonus for dustin johnson to the tune of 150 million phil mickelson 200 million are you buying in on that yeah i am because the saudis gave greg norman an extra two billion dollars to attract players an extra two billion dollars yeah, that's a B, right? <laughs> that's a B in front B. of that. It's crazy. Just imagine. Yeah. Just imagine, you know, uh, Austin Powers and, uh, um, you know, billion dollars. That's right, yeah. That is what we are talking about, guys. And the PGA Tour, that's six or seven full years of running the tour to get to that number. They can't compete. It's as simple as that. They just cannot financially compete. So something's going to have to give here in the next couple of years, whether it's a full takeover of the sport or they find a way to merge and get into bed the same way, which is going to be very awkward considering the big lines that have already been drawn. Um, But the bottom line is 48 players who are playing in these live golf events that are just 54 holes. It's not even 72 hole straight play. There's no cut. You're guaranteed $126,000 to come last. And the competition level is way weaker than a PGA Tour event. So you're going to have people's lives that completely change mm-hmm. in the space of one year. People that wouldn't have made a dollar on any circuit are going to walk away with five million bucks. And that's what it's, it's, it's changing people's lives in an instant. Yes, it's making people who are uber wealthy even wealthier, but it is making people who you would never have heard of who would get no time in the limelight or opportunity to play on a PGA Tour or anything like that, they're going to become uber-rich as well. So there's opportunities out there for lesser lights, and there's uh, a chance for a different sort of way to consume golf. Golf has been serving up meat and free veg for 50 years on the PGA Tour. 72 holes, straight play, four-round straight play golf with a cut every week. Yes, they're trying to have one team event, and yes, there's the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup, and we're trying to make it, but it's not. It's exactly the same. Nothing has changed, and this has come in to try and change things up. And so far, they're off to a good start. Luke, can you just tell us a little bit more about the format with LIV? Because I know it's team-based. There was a snake draft earlier on, and there isn't just winnings for the winner of the tournament. There's team-based things involved with this, too. What do you think of that format and how that might change the game? Yeah, you're right, Matty. Um, it's a, it's quite clever uh, from the live golf, golf guys because it's a point of difference. They go off the same time of the day with a shotgun start. So, you know, like you're playing your regular, uh, you know, corporate day or, uh, you know, an, an outing, um, you know, and then 
So $20 million of the $25 million, because it's $25 million total purse, gets for the individual stroke play event. So that's how they feed through the 48 players, $20 million. Now there's $5 million left over for teams, which is partly a component that I like, because if you're, um, say, playing poorly that week, and you know you're going to have a bad week, well, a lot of players just mail it in. They're like, oh, I'll zip around the final day and shoot whatever. It's not going to change my life. But if you are able to play well on the final day and help your team win the team component, well, you're divvying up five million bucks. Does that sound like a good idea? It's very, it, it's very in, hard, in a couple right? Of different ways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it becomes very. It, it's not hard to understand why this is. Uh, it, it's become the issue that it is. Luke Elvey is our guest now. The PGA Tour, and I, I know we've talked about it. They come out with their press release saying we're gonna. If you're playing or if you're planning to, you'll be suspended from the PGA Tour. That's you're, so. Say goodbye to your FedEx Cup, your President's Cup, that whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are we talking lifetime bans? Who knows, right? And then right. the Live Tour comes out and says we're we're appalled that uh, the PGA Tour would have this kind of a <laughs> yeah. this kind of a stance. But the PGA Tour had to do something, didn't they? They couldn't just watch this happen. Absolutely. You know, they've got to stick up for their own backyard, but they've basically had a, a you know, monopoly for the last 50 years um, because they've had the most money and they've got this wonderful situation with their government that every tournament uh, is a tax write-off. So all $8.6 million that gets put on the table for RBC in the sponsorship of the Canadian Open is you can write it straight off the tax. No other tour in the world has that set up with their government, so that's why no one else was able to compete. That's why tours like the Canadian Tour until the tour the PGA Tour took them over, uh, were getting burnt out because they just couldn't compete with the big tours. Now, um, you know, and I'm just trying to recall the, the depth of the question there, but the reality of these players being suspended from the PGA Tour, if they've cho- chosen to go to live, the big, the bigger names, yeah. they've gone. They've, they've jumped. It's not a case of, it'd be nice if you let me play on the PGA Tour. Some of them thought, oh, well, I've earned the right, like Phil Mickelson being a life member. Well, I've earned the right to play on it, so I can play when I choose. But the $200 million he signed to play on the Saudi-backed golf venture, it doesn't really matter if he does or doesn't. He's done what he's done in his career, and he's won plenty. The things they're worried the most about are the majors. And the PGA Tour, as I've stated on this show a number of times before, Puma, do not own the four biggest events in golf, yeah. the four majors. They don't own them. So... It's up to the majors and the USGA, which hosts the US Open, which is on next week, that I'm heading to Boston to cover here on the weekend, that they've already come out and said, we're an open championship. And by nature is, if you've been good enough to qualify, well, you're in the field. So they've taken that stance. But there's rumblings and rumours that Augusta National, which owns the Masters, is saying we might ban ban those live golfers, of which there are six past Masters champions in the live golf environment so who knows what that ends up becoming but again i go back to the point that we were starting before say boomer you've decided to take money to go to a rival company and it's stupid money and you're over there and you've you've gone to that company but the company you left says we're suspending you for going over there you're like but i don't work for you anymore yeah yeah (laughs) you can say whatever you like brother i'm out we're taking away your yeah. We're taking away your pass key. You won't be able to come in the building anymore. <laughs> right. Oh, no right. more free coffee and donuts <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not a problem. Take your time. And that's it's just effectively what it is. They've got to play games, 
But the only people who are going to win in all this boom, and I want people to understand this, it is going to be the lawyers because this is going to turn into a massive court case and it's going to be drawn out for a long time and it's going to fracture the game of golf before it changes completely. And the lawyers are going to fill their pockets with all sorts of money and then in the end, golf fans are going to go, well, that sucked. That was a bit ordinary. You know, that was no fun. Like we've seen with NHL player lockouts and we've seen with the MLB and other sports, it's, it's now golf's turn to go through it. And I think it's interesting too. And when you have billions of dollars and money is not an object, you don't you don't care about a lot of things. But I just think in recent, you know, it's say ten years ago, fifteen years ago, if you wanted to try and do something like this, uh, and if you didn't have well-heeled owners ownership like that, you don't and you don't have a TV deal. How are you getting TV rights? Well, you're you're sunk mm-hmm. right out of the and the PGA Tour yep. maybe can flex its muscle with with its TV partners and that. This isn't even, it's on Facebook, right? Like, it's, you're, you can go online and watch this thing. They don't care about TV deals. Oh, they do. They'll, they'll work towards that as they move forward, but yeah. this is a YouTube thing to start with. And once they become the most popular tour, they'll get massive TV deals. When the biggest players all go across, and, you know, don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty confident they all will once they've realised that the whole world's moved on from this, because, you know, that's what the world does. It moves on from things that have spotlights shone upon them without no one, you know, nothing ever being done of it because we don't have the power to make the change. And they'll get a TV deal. Yeah. Start making a little bit of money doing this. But to your point, it doesn't matter if they don't because their goal is not to be a profitable sports organisation. Their goal is to make Saudi Arabia look more attractive to the world. So... Uh... What about Luke Elvey? Uh, when we want to talk about big names and prime talent and the, the, just the biggest names <laughs> in the sport, do you, have an, well, do you have anything to announce today? You said you're going to Boston. You know, just wondering. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you know, mate, I've been working very diligently making Can Golf, uh, the premier entertainment facility in Canmore. Um, I, I pivoted a couple of years back uh, when the pandemic hit about, you know, my own long-term future in, in my life and what I choose to do. My choice was to spend a lot more time at home with my family and, and be more present as a parent uh, than, than out there chasing the broadcasting world. But, you know, if I get six to eight events a year doing broadcasting, well, I get to keep it as a hobby. Uh, that, that's what I'm doing this year. I'm off to the, P, uh, the US Open um, to, to host the World Feed here on the weekend. And uh, obviously, I'm still the voice of the PGA Tour video game. Yeah, you it are. comes out in August. Yeah, um, you know, I've... I've, I've I'm coming up on 30 years in this business, Burma. I've lived a very good life. I've been very fortunate to do what I do. And uh, if this is the end, then this is the end. If I get to go and work uh, for another 20 years doing it, you beauty. Who knows, mate, but I'm not actively chasing it like I used to in my uh, youth. And see, that's what I respect about you, Luke Elvey. You, you've got, you're, you're a family man. You've got Can Golf out in Canmore. They can throw a hundred and fifty million dollar signing bonus at you. You're not going to be tempted. You have your moral compass is straight north. So did you say one hundred and fifty? I'm just I'm just looking at these numbers. I believe. No, so, sorry, I'm just I'm reconsidering my choices now. Yeah. Oh, Puma, it's a classic, isn't it? What was again another great Austin Powers line? Yay, capitalism. You know, we didn't create the financial system that the world operates under, but that's what's going on right now. Capitalism at its absolute finest.
It is uh, it is June. People are going to be heading out to Canmore to do uh, outdoor summer stuff, and uh, don't want them to forget CanGolfCanmore.ca. It's a great spot. Maybe you're out there with family and you got a day where it's raining, or what? There's no you don't need an excuse to go, but you do. No, need to. you don't. It's, no, it's a great spot. Thank you, mate. And and look, that's what we've kept saying to people: enjoy the mountains, come and play. But you know, later in the day when you want a nice bite to eat and a bit of fun. We're, we're there for you. Or as you say, if the weather's turned a little bit feral, come indoors and keep the fun going with the family. We've got you know, arcade-style games and golf sims, which you can play mini-golf and other fun things. You don't have to be a golfer. But the thing I'm most proud of, mate, is our food and beverage. I just, you know, I've always said the mountains are world-class, but very rarely do you get a place that has great food as well. And uh, our food and beverage is top-notch, and we've got a beautiful patio to enjoy it on as well. And again, it's, this is turning into an ad for you, but I, I don't mind it. You, <laughs> I mean, you, you put in so much time in, and research and put, put the work in for the simulators and everything else, but you, you really did to that end. You focused on the food, and I think it's brilliant. We mm. had When we were out there, you threw out some food for us. If you, if you don't have good grub, you're just not going to have people. You have a, mm. It's a huge menu. You've got, you've got wines, you've got coolers, you've got beers, you've got uh, IPAs, the local stuff. You've got it all there. It really is a spot where you can go and have a great meal and get on the simulators with your kids, with your buddies, and it, it's just some of the best that you can do anywhere. Well, thank you, mate. I love, love the way that you've viewed it. Uh, you know, we're certainly proud of what we've been able to create so far, but we've got... Uh, a big summer ahead, and, and we're looking for all those visitors to come and say good day to us at Gangol. So if you've not been, pop out. Um, you know, you'll probably find me there if I'm not off broadcasting or uh, Live Golf has poached me for 150 million. I'm still excited about that yeah, number, by the way, Boomer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, who, who knows, mate? I'm, I'm excited about the future, regardless whether I'm a broadcast a broadcaster or not. Uh, but it's going to be a rocky road for golf going forward. There's no question. Thanks for your time, buddy. Look forward to seeing you again soon. All right. You too, mate. Take care, and uh, nice to chat to you, Matty. It's nice that uh, Boomer got a word in without Pinder on the desk. It's weird, right? Yeah, I don't know what to do with myself. I had to make a, had to make a bunch of notes. I'm not used to getting this much airtime. <laughs> Thanks. Atta boy. Thanks, Luke. We'll see you, see you pal. Be Bye-bye. good. There you go, Bye. Luke Alvey, our golf uh, our golf analyst, expert, insider, you name it. Uh, and again, yeah, I, I don't mind. CanGolfCanMore.ca. Love it. Go to the website. They've got the full menu and everything there. Book guys weekend, girls weekend, family, whatever. You you don't need an excuse to go to CanGolf. Great spot. Uh, I think the play is out to Canmore. Round during the day. Rest, recuperate, quick shower. CanGolf at night for uh, Augusta in the evening with uh, some grub and some beers. Or maybe you do it the other way around. You start, Ooh. you get into the the Jose Cuervo gold or the wild turkey, and then all of a sudden you're missing your tea time and you don't care. Gobble, gobble, baby. Just looking at the, uh, mm. get yourself a John Daly, the the house-made sweet tea lemonade and park vodka. Oh, I love park vodka. I know they do you such do. a good job out there. Do. Yeah, it's, a good, it's all good. I love boozing. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, you do. Buddy. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Oh, golly. Uh, congrats to our latest winner. We're right up on 8 o'clock. Uh, the, every hour, we're giving away prize pack with Wild Rose Brewery. Also, again, boozing. Um, the question for hour number two of the show today. In the spirit of Father's Day, this dad, this 
famous dad loved to celebrate Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. <laughs> the one and only Frank Costanza, George's dad, played by Jerry Stiller, an iconic TV dad. At the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. Alex Cameron, <laughs> our latest winner of the, uh, of the prize pack, which includes a dozen wild roses, 12 wild rose beer, and a $50 gift card to the tap room at Curry Bear. I find tinsel distracting. Another winner coming up between 8 and 9 as well. Tommy Wielden Jr. when we come back. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.